us to pray. And uh, we're in this uh, book of Luke. And interestingly enough, as we come into 2023, these are the uh, chapters we're in, chapter 11, the, the chapter we're in. And these 13 verses we're looking at as we go into the uh, week of fasting and prayer. So let's bring that up, Luke 11, verse 1. If you have a Bible, you can uh, look at your own Bible. We'll put it up on the screen. We saw this last week. We looked at the first four verses last week, but we'll look at verse one again. It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And what we see, and we mentioned it last week, is that uh, the disciples didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach like you preach. And, and they didn't say, teach us to do miracles or teach us to walk on the water. But they were able to recognize that everything was coming out of his prayer life. All the power, all the preaching, all the miracles, all the feeding, all the helping, the hurting. It was all flowing out of his prayer life. And, and let's just pray that prayer in our own hearts. Would you take a minute? Just look up at it. Lord, teach us to pray. Why don't you just stop? And if you want to close your eyes, close your eyes. But why don't you just pray a prayer going into t to 2023 and going into the week of prayer and fasting. You, you pray it in your heart. Lord, teach, teach us how to pray. Lord, we pray that for each other, and we pray, pray that for ourselves, Lord. Would you teach us how to pray? In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, this disciple, one of his disciples recognized that. He probably represented all the disciples. Lord, teach us to pray the way that, that John taught his disciples to pray, the way that you pray. And uh, as you study this book of Luke, Dr. Luke reveals more about Jesus' prayer life than any of the other Gospels. And I, I think what Luke is doing is he also recognized that everything in Jesus' life and ministry was flowing out of prayer. So he makes that uh, one of the purposes of his Gospel. He, he's, as we read this uh, Gospel of Luke, Luke is purposefully teaching us. He, he's discipling us as you read through this book. You could even say that Dr. Luke is prescribing prayer as the answer. And, and so we see here in Luke 1, as he was praying, let, there's seven times in the book of Luke that Luke shows us Jesus' prayer life. This is the sixth time. Let's look at the other times just uh, very quickly for the uh, purposes this morning of going into our week of prayer and fasting. The first time Luke tells us was in Luke 3.21. And uh, Luke tells us it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And only Luke tells us this. Not Matthew, not Mark, not John. Only Luke. Luke's discipling us. He's showing us Jesus' prayer life. That while he prayed, and this is one of the, just such a, the most, one of the most impacting scriptures for me personally, uh, leading prayer here at the church. While he prayed, heaven was opened. When people pray, heaven opens. While he prayed, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended. Heaven opening, the Spirit. Luke, that's another theme of Luke's is the connection between prayer and the Holy Spirit being poured out. And he makes sure we know it's while Jesus was praying, the Holy Spirit descended. 
And we should expect that this week when we press in in prayer, that as we pray, heaven's going to open up. Little prayer, little of heaven opening. Much prayer, heaven opens much. Little prayer, little movement of the Spirit. When the church begins to pray, the Holy Spirit begins to move and fall. We'll, we'll read about that phrase, fall, in our, our message this morning. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven, which said, you're my beloved son, and you I'm well pleased. And so uh, this voice from heaven, when, when there's prayer, God speaks. And it's not the purpose of the morning, but I just love how it says, you're my beloved son. And uh, I'm well pleased. I just love this revelation. And it happens when you're in prayer, this revelation comes that God's a lover. He's not mad at you. I think it's more accurate to say he's madly in love with you. God is a God who's pleased with the sacrifice of his son. And if you're in Jesus, he, he wants you to live your life that you know that he's pleased with you. You don't have to live your life to get his pleasure. And again, it's not where we're going this morning, but we just want to show you this connection. The first time Luke shows us about Jesus' prayer life, heaven opened. It's connected to prayer. The Spirit descended. It's connected to prayer. The Father spoke. It's connected to prayer. And then we'll look at the second time. The second time is in Luke 5. And of course, we're in Luke 11, so we've seen all these. Verse 16 Another very impactful verse that he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And, and Luke is prescribing prayer. That's what you need to do. You need to often. There's a week of prayer going on, but apart from the week of prayer, you need to learn in your life often. This will be a week that we often pray. But here Jesus, uh, it says he withdrew. He found a quiet place. We, we need to learn to do that. A walk on a logging road, um, you know, a, a walk around a park, sitting on a bench down by the river, all of our busyness and appointments and schedules. We just need to learn to carve out times that we pray. And what we want to understand, if you were reading this Luke 5, is that the demand was great in Jesus' life. Everyone was trying to get a piece of him. But what so speaks to me in Luke 5 is that the demand pushed Jesus to prayer, not from prayer. And that's exactly what we need to let happen. The busyness, the schedule, the appointments, the demand, the pressure, that needs to push us to prayer, not from prayer. And then you also see in that a second time that uh, Luke tells us about Jesus withdrawing and praying, that prayer is connected to the power of God in our lives. So if you were reading that Luke 5, you'd see right after he withdrew and prayed, there was power in his life to heal. Power is connected to prayer. Power and prayer. Prayer links your soul, your life, to omnipotent God. All-powerful God becomes linked to you when you pray. So let's look at the third time. Again, we're just uh, reviewing. We're going into a week of prayer. We're in a book that's Luke is prescribing prayer for us. We need prayer. We need to pray often. And let's look at another time what Luke tells us. Luke 6, 12, the third time it came to pass in those days uh, 
that he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray. Do any of you enjoy praying on mountains? I love going up on the mountains around Corvallis and praying. And continued all night in prayer to God. So, so there is a place to spend, you know, uh, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was going into uh, before the king, and he just, as he was walking to the king, he just said a prayer in his heart, and God answered it. And there's a place to right before the test, you're going into the appointment, or, or right in the moment, whatever's going on in your life, you just go, oh, God, help. But then there's also a place to spend all night in prayer. A longer period. Why did Jesus spend all night to, in prayer? What's happening there in Luke 6? He had a huge decision. He would choose the 12 apostles in the morning. So we learn here, when you have huge decisions, maybe you have a huge decision. This would be a great night or a great week to just spend all week in prayer. When, when we have those bigger Decisions, we want to look back on it and know that we prayed and we spent lots of time, perhaps even an all-night prayer retreat where you just go away to seek God because you want to be in step with him. Let's look at the next time, the fourth time, Luke 9, 18. It happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. So he's, he's praying again. And Luke just keeps showing us this. This is what everything flowed from. This is where power comes from. This is where ministry flows from. This is where changed lives flows from. This is where salvation flows from. His disciples joined him and asked, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And so that's the most important question that's ever been asked. Who do you say that Jesus is? They, the disciples answered, they said, some think you're, you know, John the Baptist, come back to life. Some think Jeremiah, some think one of the other prophets. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, and he said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And then the Lord said to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood's not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Right? Simon had a spiritual revelation of who Jesus was, and he confessed Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ. And, but what we see here is that prayer is connected to people understanding who Jesus is. You know, we're, we're entering into today's the first day of a week of prayer, and it may even be that God's moving, he's already begun to move, and you're somebody here that, that today's the day that you're going to have a spiritual revelation of who Jesus is and confess him as Messiah, and it's going to save you and change your eternity. You know, on, on another way to be thinking about this is people that we love and, and aren't saved yet. What, what will my fast look like this week? Who, who, what, what direction will God have me praying? Maybe for some of us, it's, it's a burden for the unsaved people in our life or, or people that we love that aren't walking with the Lord or are backslidden. Prayers connected to salvation. Prayer, you, we could look elsewhere. Prayers connected to repentance. 
And so we'll be uh, praying this week. You know, I always think my sister prayed for me for two years in the house where I got saved, a, a house in that neighborhood. Is that surprising that I would two years later get saved where she was praying for me? No, that's, that's uh, prayer is connected to salvation. Let's look at the fifth time, Luke 9, 28. It came to pass about eight days after these things that he, Jesus, took Peter, John, and James. So he, he discipled. Uh, he had 70 he was pouring into. We all have a larger influence. And then Jesus chose 12, just 12 specific people that he could pour into. But then he also had these three that he seemed to pour into in even a deeper way. And we're, we're always looking for those few people that we can pour into in a deeper way. And he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. So, you know, e even following Jesus' lead in the way that he would encourage people to pray. He would take people with him to pray. We're going up the mountain. You three are coming with me. Be sensitive to that. You know those cards that were on all your chairs? I know you already have a card by this time. But put that in your Bible. Maybe you could invite someone. We, we were rejoicing at the prayer meeting last night. One of the young men here uh, is just on fire here at our church. And someone invited him to come a couple years ago. And they even said, whether you agree with it or not, I said, hey, I'll buy you a pack of cigarettes if you'll come to the week of prayer and fasting. Well, he came. He got saved. He got transformed. He's a vital part of our leadership now. So just be real open. Who might come because you asked them? Someone that they're, uh, the fire is just barely smoldering? I love that verse. There's a verse that says something to the effect, if I can remember it, um, a broken reed he will not break, and speaking of Jesus, and smoking flax he will not quench. A reed is what you make music with. And if your life's barely making music, the Lord's not going to break you. If, if your life is like smoking flax, it's, it's barely smoldering. Flax is what candle wicks were made out of. The Lord's not going to quench it. He, he wants to fan that flame. Maybe you could be part of someone's life who isn't making music anymore, coming and, and so powerfully being touched, or whose life isn't shining anymore, or, or someone who doesn't know the Lord. Well, uh, we read here that he took Peter, James, and John, went up on the mountain to pray. We'll be thinking about that all week. Is there someone I should invite? Is there someone who would come? And that same story, this fifth time, Luke 9, 29, as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. This is uh, what is known as the transfiguration. His robe became white and glistening. And what happened here is his deity, this is the uh, climax of Jesus' revelation to the disciples there on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's God. And God began to shine through his human flesh. But as he prayed, we read that uh, he, he was transformed, this transfiguration. And we read of that in other places about prayer. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, we'll pull it up. But we all... With unveiled face, behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. 
Yeah, I know that verse, but I, what the heck is that talking about? We all unveiled faith, beholding as in a mirror. And these days, a mirror was nothing more than polished brass. It wasn't like our uh, modern mirrors where you can see so clearly. You could see, but the image was dim and dark. But you could kind of see the silhouette there in the, uh, in the polished bronze. But, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Right? As we spend time in prayer, prayer transforms us. It, even though we see the, the Lord dimly in all of our imperfect efforts to pray, one day, Paul says, we're going to see him face to face. But, but now we see dimly as through a mirror. But when we spend time looking into the Lord's face like that, we're being changed. The more time you spend in prayer, the more you're being changed from glory to glory. And again, Paul often shows us, Luke shows us, there's a connection between prayer and the Spirit of God. Where there's prayer, the Spirit of God begins to move. Let's look at the sixth time. It's our chapter. It's what we looked at last week. If you weren't with us last week, you can go back and listen to the podcast, The Lord Teach Us to Pray. Uh, the part one, but let's bring up Luke 11. So this is the sixth time that we see Jesus's prayer life. There's going to be a seventh time. Does that surprise you that Luke would choose seven times? It's a very biblical number of perfection and completeness. And we'll see that when we get to Luke 22, there in the garden, we see uh, how did Jesus handle trial and spiritual attack? He prayed. Maybe you're in a time of trial, pray. Maybe you're under attack, pray. But let's look at this, Luke 11, 1. We looked at it last week as he was praying. We started the service this morning. As he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And this was last Sunday. So he said to them, when you pray, and, and we learned uh, last week that it's not my father it's not give me this day my daily bread. The, the way Jesus taught us to pray, we can pray alone, but there's, it's so powerful when we'll pray together and pray for each other and with each other. So when you pray, you're, you, you pray in community, our Father in heaven. And again, I won't go back over all we taught last week, but hallowed is holy be your, or holy be your name. So we start with our eyes. When we pray, we get our eyes on God. He's our Father we talked about last week. Our eyes are off of everything else. Our eyes are on heaven. God, your, your name is hallowed or holy. And we start praying for your kingdom come. I don't, I, I don't want my will to be done. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I want, I'm surrendering to you. I don't want to tell you what to do. I want, I want you to tell me what to do. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give, not me, give us day by day our daily bread. Right? We pray with each other for the needs we have. All week long, we'll be praying with each other, lifting up the needs. Give us this day our daily bread, provision. Forgive us our sins. All week long, we'll be asking God to convict us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Lord, if there's anyone 
that I need to forgive. I want to forgive. This is the way we pray. And do not lead us into temptation, or it could be, keep, Lord, keep me from giving in to temptation and, and doing what's wrong. But deliver us from the evil one. So that's where we left off last week. And the, the evil one speaks of a, a, very real, a very real reality for the child of God that a lot of times we're on the defensive. A lot of times we come to realize, oh, you know what? We're under attack. My child is being attacked. Our marriage is being attacked. Man, there is wickedness against me or us or our church or our house church. Or, and a lot of times we're in the defensive mode, you know, putting our helmet on and shield out and breastplate and belt and, and everything we can do to quench the fiery darts. And, you know, if you don't have a shield up, a shield of faith, you just look like a porcupine. You know, the enemy is just having a heyday. And that word dart could also be arrow, same Greek word. Could also be javelin. Could also be missile. You know, sometimes the darts are just coming, the fiery, evil thoughts. Sometimes they're arrows. Sometimes it's like a javelin, like I'm under attack. Man, sometimes it's a missile going off in your face. That's why you have a shield of faith up and trust in God and confidence in God. But a lot of times, Paul says, having done all to stand, you just stand in the evil day. You know, locking shields together is a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. But don't you know, this week we're going on the offensive. This week we're wanting to take ground. This week, we're believing God to enlarge our capacity. Boy, I encourage you to pray that this week. God, enlarge my border. Enlarge my capacity. Enlarge my capacity for your spirit to flow through you. Enlarge your gifting in my life. Enlarge your calling on my life. Enlarge my influence. Right? We're, we're going to take ground this week. Well, let's, let's read. This is where we left off. And we're going to look now at verses 5 to 13. But interestingly enough, I'm not going to teach it today. We're basically just going to read these verses. And I, I believe, the, we might have just a little comment, but I believe the Lord wants us to soak in these verses all week, is the best I can discern. And think on them and meditate on them and fulfill them and then next week, day seven is Saturday. Next week, we'll come back together and we'll work through uh, this, these verses. But let's read it. And, and uh, verse five, he said to them, so after teaching them how to pray, he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, hey, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have not nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he's his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So this now is a teaching when you pray. I'm teaching you how to pray daily. You want to know? You want to be taught how to pray? Well, it's daily prayer, eyes on your father. 
It's daily prayer, recognizing he's holy. It's daily praying for your, your needs. It's daily forgiveness. But you've got to persist. And we'll spend a lot more time next week talking about persist. But we just want to look at that because of his persistence. There's something powerful about persisting. Something powerful in the spiritual realm. Something powerful happens in you. Something powerful happens in others. And let's read more. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask. And you can't see it in, in the English language, but the Greek language is keep asking. You're asking, and I want you to keep asking. And it will be given to you. A lot of times it's not the first ask that it's given to you. A lot happens when you start persisting in prayer. A lot starts changing in you. Even the things you're asking for begin to change. And so I say to you, ask, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Seek. Something powerful about seeking persistently, morning and evening, day after day. Seek, keep seeking is the Greek word, and you'll find. Knock. And again, the Greek language is keep knocking. A lot of times things don't open with just one prayer, one knock. But it's as we persist in prayer, we keep knocking. And I think the Lord would just write this over this week for us. This is what this week is for us. We're going to keep asking. We're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep asking and it'll be given, and we'll find, and it'll be open for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a, and oh, this is probably, if there was one favorite passage on prayer, and I don't know if I could say that, this could be it for me. This could be the most influential verse for me on prayer, the way it's touched my life. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, we give him a stone. If he asks for a fish, we give him a serpent instead of a fish. Or if he asks for an egg, will we offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, that is, we're fallen, we're fallen fathers who give good things to our kids. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So what we find in Jesus' teaching is that prayer is connected to the Holy Spirit in your life. What Luke shows us more than any other author is that there's a connection between prayer and the Holy Spirit being poured out in your life, your kids, your marriage, your family, your business, your city. And so we ask. The Father gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We're gonna, and this is all in the context of you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, you keep desiring this powerful work of the Spirit in your life. So if you're new to Calvary Corvallis, and uh, you know, you're here, these are the first couple of weeks, or the first month, or the first humble week, What's happening is we're going into a week-long all-church prayer retreat. 
That's, that's really what it is. And we said the other week, it's free. Because there's no food, it's free. It's a free retreat. That's really what's happening. If this is your church, this is an all-church week-long retreat. And you might be like, oh, gosh, I wish I could have, could have planned more. Many families, many people in this church do plan, even take time off. We start announcing it in November so people can alter schedules, uh, plan vacations, plan time away to see that this is our all-church prayer retreat. And we'll just bring up the slides in succession that I have to bring up. We didn't talk about Humble uh, before in announcements, but as you can see, it starts today, and the 28th is next Saturday night. It ends with a 7 o'clock prayer meeting at night, and you can just work through those slides. You've already seen them on your card. Every morning from 6 to 7 a.m., that starts tomorrow morning, we do that time on purpose. Most of us could make that work if you were hungering for it. We know seven to eight might not work for most. Oh, that doesn't quite work. Most of us, it, six to seven, you could make it. And that's a powerful time. We're not sure if we're going to have to, so many people in the prayer chapel will split over to the other half of the prayer chapel too, but that starts tomorrow morning, day one. You can just go back to that just for a second. Thanks for trying to step with me there, but I'll just, just one more minute there. Um, that's traditionally the college students have just carried that morning prayer time. I don't know why that is. They're, they're, it's generational, but the college students have just flocked and fanned the flame of prayer. And I encourage you, it's so powerful, the different generations. It's unique in the prayer chapel, unlike any other prayer meeting You'll, you'll see about. The mornings are so unique. And then right from that at 7 to 8 a.m., right when that one ends, a Zoom prayer meeting starts. Go to our website. I think you have to have Zoom downloaded on your device already, but you go to our website and you just click on Humble, click on prayer, cl click on week of fasting and prayer, and you'll go right into that prayer meeting. There'll be, I don't know, I think last year were over 100 people online that then we go in small groups and pray. So if you can be here, be here. If you can't, that's another option. Or if you want to share it with people. Uh, I was talking to someone in New Jersey that's going to join us last night. Someone in Florida who's going to join us. People overseas that are going to join us. Uh, people in other cities that are going to join us on Zoom. So that's an option for our church and for you to share with others. My sister joins us. And um, okay, we can go to the next slide. And then there's the noon meetings all week long, and, and that's by design. We know for some of you, you know what? That, that would be the time I could go instead of my lunch. You can show up at 12.10, you can leave at 12.50. You could show up at 12.15, you could leave at 12.45. It's just people on their lunch hour pressing in in prayer together. So you can think about the rhythm. What, could I make the mornings? Could I make the noon? Could I make the morning and the noon? And then we have the evenings all week long. Starts tonight, 7 to 8 p.m. And we'll be here in the sanctuary. And I'll go over, you will talk twice about LaSalle. So you make sure you know Tuesday night we're not here. If you come, don't think the rapture happened and we're all gone. Uh, we'll all be at the college. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But every night, 7 to 8, it's not, we try to keep it that the prayer groups end really close to eight. We know it's a whole week we're persisting. 
You know, that it's hard. You wouldn't be able to come maybe if it's every night 7 and it stretches till 9.30. But you can leave right at 8 if you want to. At 8.01, you can walk out the door. You can say, hey, this is going to be a, a marathon for me. I, I can come. I can go. But that's in the sanctuary. That starts tonight. And then when those prayer groups started around 7.30, I'll go to the computer and I'll lead again the Zoom time for everyone who can't come. Anyone you invite or anybody in our body that uh, for whatever reason they can't make it. Uh, again, I think last year 100 plus people were on there praying on Zoom. So I'll lead that. So go to the, the next slide. So uh, some things are, are changing, um, and this is one of the things we're changing this year. Personal prayer and quiet time, all day long this sanctuary will be open. All day long the prayer chapel will be open. There's no rain forecasted. There's trails on our property you're welcome to utilize and walk and pray so just so you know that that's going on uh, this year, that that's open for you. And of course, if you're in here, you're just quiet, you're kneeling, you're against a wall, you're wherever you want to be. Or maybe people start congregating and praying in the prayer chapel or praying in the foyer. But let's go to the next slide. So um, first night starts tonight. And then, as we said, uh, we'll be Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday's our last night. Tuesday night, we're at LaSalle's. That's a different time, so make sure you see that. So we'll go over at 7.30. I shared the word the other um, week. The, the word that's in my heart in this uh, um, you know, season of uh, NFL playoffs is the new rule in college football. Won't go away, this picture of, it used to be when the two teams were, were all standing, pushing and shoving, the refs would blow the whistle at the college level and say, play's dead, but that's changed. Now when you only need to go one or two yards and everyone starts pushing, the stronger team can push the whole group forward, forward progress, and you get the first down. That's the picture in my mind of why we're going to the college. This year, real life has seen an incredible outpouring, and we're all going to go over to the larger LaSalle's. So you just park at the stadium. It's really simple parking at LaSalle's. Go across the street, park at the stadium, go across the street to LaSalle's, and we're all going to go and push. We're just going to push in the spirit, asking God for more. More for the younger generation. More of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the second half of the year. So, oh, I, I think that's going to be an exciting night. Wednesday night, again, it's a, um, for us, we're going to pray over all the children. This whole room will be transformed into circles. Uh, they're all going to be upstairs this year, not downstairs like uh, COVID years. And we'll, we'll put the children in the middle. We'll pray for all of our children by name. Uh, we'll pray for all the parents. I've already been reaching out to any and every parent I know, hey, you should come. Let us pray for your kids. Let us pray for you. So powerful. And then on the 28th, Saturday night is day seven. And that's just a powerful thing. Seven days of persisting. You know, on the seventh day, the walls of Jericho fell. The breakthrough came. But on day seven, that marks 28 years of Saturday night prayer. 28 continuous years of Saturday night prayer meeting. You know, last night, I don't know, 30 plus people just crying out over you, over your marriage, over your families, over the college. 
So I, I would just say to you, um, if you don't know um, what you're going to do still, come the first night. Come tonight. But I was kind of thinking I wasn't going to be part of it. Come tonight and just pray. If you don't know, if you know, I don't, I don't know. It sounds like kind of ultra spiritual. I don't know if it's me. Just come. Come see what God might speak to you. Come see what God might have for you. And if you're not, if you could come that day seven, right, that's huge for this church. 28 years of prayer meetings. Come in. That's the biggest prayer meeting of the year. And so come and, um, and be part of that with us. Let's go to the next slide. So we've never had a prayer wall before. There's a prayer wall that will be set up tonight where you can put prayer requests in the wall. Just to God. If you want to write them down and just leave it with God. There's also a little QR code on those prayer requests that if for some reason you wanted it to go to the whole prayer chain, you could just scan that and then you could fill it out online and your prayer request will go to the whole prayer chain. The whole church will pray that prayer with you. But otherwise, the prayer wall is just for you to leave it with God as you come each day. And the prayer chain, if you're not on our prayer chain, this would be a time to get on it this afternoon. Go to our website, go to our app, click prayer, click join the prayer chain. And that way you could submit requests this week that the whole church will pray for. And then uh, also, as you go to our app or website, every day you can read the daily recaps. You can read of all the words given. Uh, maybe you have uh, words that you want to submit. Uh, you, could, you could not only have a prayer request, but you could share stuff on the, in the prayer chain. Breakthrough or something God showed you or uh, uh, something you think is God's heart for all. And that will go into the, uh, it won't go back out on the prayer chain, but it'll be part of the daily recaps. And then Monday and Thursday night, we've never had this. The family room is going to be just specifically for families with little squiggly kids that you just are worried about coming and they're just squirming and, you know, just hard to keep uh, still. Well, just for you, we're going to have the whole prayer room for families that that can happen. Let's go. Next slide. Maybe that's all the slides. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the next thing we're going to look at. Uh, there was a word given this week as we're, uh, maybe the last two weeks as we're going towards the uh, a week of prayer and fasting, humble week. It was of a thermometer. I think I shared it last week. It was an unusual picture of you pressing your thumb on the thermometer. But then there was a picture of God pressing himself on you. And there was the question that, are, are you willing? Are you willing for God to take your temperature spiritually? Not all are. Interesting, in the world, when your temperature's high, you're sick. Everything's upside down in the kingdom, or you could say right side up in the kingdom. In the kingdom, when your temperature's taken, the hotter you are, the healthier you are. God doesn't want you to be lukewarm. He wants you to be a, a blaze, and he wants to press on you. This week is the vision, the prophecy, the, the word that was spoken. God wants to press on you, not just human heat. He wants to press on you, that your temperature, your influence would rise. Another word given, uh, this, this picture of the waterfall. I was out on a mountain bike ride 
and I took a route I don't normally take. And, uh, and this isn't the picture, by the way, but this is close to what I saw. I came around a corner, and just in a split second, I saw something. And the whole rest of the ride, God just, I just couldn't stop thinking about this picture of what I saw. I saw this little Oregon waterfall just happening naturally in the forest. And it went from pool to pool to pool to pool. And I think it went in a culvert, went underneath the ground. But I just couldn't, I, only a split second did I see it. But God was just speaking to me, Rob, this is exactly what's going to happen this week. The outpouring is not just for you. What God wants to do downstream is remarkable. The other people he wants your life to flow into is a picture of what God is going to do as he pours out in you. What is poured out in you is connected what is going to pour out through you. And so we're just believing God for that. Another word that was given already the last couple of weeks, these words have started to rise up. Another word that was really strong in our prayer meetings was the, the word of these little fires. Right? We're all just little fires. God does a work in us. We become alive to him. The spirit of God begins to move. We begin to, our light begins to shine. But then there was the picture of all of us being little fires, right? This is typically who we are. We're in our community. We're in our city. We're at our campus, and God is doing work. But the, the picture for this week is the picture of what's going to happen is all those little fires coming together. God, there's going to be this fire that's going to burn as all of our prayers come together. And the word was very strong that our lives are going to be mingled. I don't know what that word just was so strong. Our lives are going to be mingled. The prayers were over and over. Our lives are going to be unified. God's going to bring that light, that fire all together. And as we pray together, we're going to mingle. We're going to unite with each other. Another word that was given in the, the morning prayer time uh, this last couple of weeks was that of traffic circles. And several times the word, tra do you like that picture? That's just right off of Google. There it is. But call, some people call it a roundabout. Some people call it a traffic circle. I, we're going to call it a traffic circle was the word given. But the word that was connected to it, prayed several times, was God is going to change trajectories this week. And it instantly made us think of, you may uh, have been part of past weeks of prayer and fasting, or maybe you haven't been, but after the service, we need help setting up the sanctuary, if you can stay. And all of these circles for 400 people are going to be set up. And every night, we'll be in the circles praying, and there'll be a chair in the middle, and we'll just be praying and praying and praying. Whoever wants to go in first, and several of us will pray, and then someone else can go in, and several of us can pray. Whether you have something for, you want to ask for or you want to just let them pray as the Spirit shows them how to pray, we'll lay hands on each other, we'll pray over each other, and what's going to happen is trajectories are going to be changed. Right? People's lives that they're busy, lots of busyness, lots of traffic, just trying to get from point A to point B. And normally they just go right through that traffic circle, but not this week. This week the trajectory is going to be changed. People that weren't going east are going to start going east. People, instead of just north and south, people that weren't going west are going to start going west. There's going to be a change of trajectories in our life 
It's a real strong word. Another word strong this, this uh, season leading up to the um, week of humble is, and, and it's been here several years, if not all of them, what Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. The spirit wants this. Our, our flesh doesn't. Right? It's something that's what Jesus taught us about prayer. You know, when I work out, I'll share, I'll share a little bit of my, the, body talks, or the Bible talks a lot about bodily exercise profits a little. Right? Life's short compared to eternity. It does profit us, but a little. But then the Bible says, exercise yourself to godliness, which profits you in this life and in the life to come. You know, when, when I work out, over the years, God has brought me to a place that when I have my workout scheduled, I never give myself a choice if I feel like working out. I don't know about you. My, my conversation with my, my flesh is just like, you don't get to choose. <laughs> We're doing this. I, never do I ask, do I feel like working out? Because I'll never work out. And don't you think it's like that with our spiritual exercise this week? If you're like, well, I'll just... I think I'm just going to see if I wake up in the morning. I think if I do wake up, I'll know it's the Lord wants me to go. Really? If I do end up at the gym, I'll just, it was God wanting me to go to the, no, you have to choose. Don't give your flesh the option. Decide what the Spirit wants to do and obey as we sang about uh, how about if I'm not planning on part- participating? I would just say to you, c- come tonight. I want to read you a text. Um, this is a man up north, uh, up near Portland, and um, I've been inviting him and his son, and, I, and he finally decided we're going to come. They're coming to Corvallis. They're going to stay in Corvallis for two days to be part of this. What's happening at your church? They're, they're coming down. going to stay at a hotel, and this is what he says after I invite him. He said, perfect. I can't even tell you how much I'm looking forward to this. My son Caden is at a place in his life and struggles that he cannot wait to get there on Monday and surrender to the Lord for a few days. Isn't that amazing? Like God's preparing people like they just can't wait to get here and surrender. And you've got a choice to make. It's right here. It's at my church. Am I going to be part of it? I'll bring up on the board as we're finishing, do I have to be fasting? And you know the answer is no. It's a week of prayer and fasting. God leads you to fast, fast. You know, the one thing about choosing to fast, if you would choose some things to fast, even if it's not food, or even if it's things like sugar or coffee or sweets, what that will do, if you choose to do that for the week, it will Bind us all together for the week. Because you're in this for the week. And we're all in this for the week. Rather than it just being like, oh, I'll go to prayer when I feel like. No, you're thinking about it all the time. So you're praying. When you're hungry, when you want that sugar, when you want that coffee, when you want to scroll, if you're fasting from media, when you want to turn on the TV, you're, you're going, no, this is a time for me and a week for me to pray. Okay. So day seven, we'll bring it up, 28 years. I want to read you another text as we're uh, just wrapping things up here. And it's from a friend of mine that was a missionary in China and then a missionary in Singapore. And now he leads uh, 
sports teams all around the world doing missions work. And they were here last Sunday. And uh, this is what he said. I just told him and his wife, so wonderful having you here. He says, thanks. It was such a refreshing gift from the Lord. We've been to a lot of churches all over the world. And I grew up in Corvallis. Honestly, the Lord has and is doing a unique and special work there. And I believe prayer is the wind opening the huge sails of the Spirit. Right? God is moving. It's the prayer. It's a week of prayer. Um, what about um, sickness? If you're sick, don't come. If you have a sore throat, don't come. If you have a cough, don't come. If you have a temperature, wait a day till it's gone till you come. Don't come. Go on Zoom. You can, just, you can just be on Zoom, and everyone who comes can have the confidence this is a safe place. Got people calling me this morning. They say, hey, I can't, I can't come. I, we're going to have prayer this morning. I can't be that leader, but I'll be on Zoom tonight. I'll be leading the groups on Zoom. If you're sick, just give everybody in the, confidence, the, the body that confidence. This is a safe place. Okay? So we'll just speak that. Uh, I already said set up after service, and then let's have a, we need help. Anyone who can stay to set up and transform the room, we need your help. But let's have the worship team come back up, and uh, we're going to close a little differently uh, this morning. We're not taking communion as we uh, enter into this week of fasting and prayer. We will next Sunday have communion. But, but as we said, um, Luke not only shows us Jesus' prayer life, but in a huge way, Luke disciples us to understand the connection between prayer and the Holy Spirit. And so all through Luke's writings, you see it in Jesus' life, and it just continues into the book of Acts. When you get to Acts 2 and the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, what was the church doing? They were in a prayer meeting. About 120 people praying. How many fit in our prayer chapel? About 120 people. We, I love that about our prayer chapel. Prayer, corporate prayer is connected to the Holy Spirit being poured out. And this is the last verse we're going to look at. And it's the way we're going to close this morning. Pull up. So you go from Acts 2. All through Acts, Luke shows us prayer in the Holy Spirit. But I want you to see this as, as the last verse you see. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, right? Philip, because of persecution, he left Jerusalem. God was even in that. He was preaching the word of God. People were getting saved. People were getting baptized. They received the word of God. And Jerusalem sent Peter and John, two of the apostles, to Samaria, to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They're already saved, but we read, for as yet he had not, he, the Holy Spirit, had not fallen upon them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that means they're saved. They'd gone in the water. They'd professed. They're openly, publicly followers of Jesus. But for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit hadn't yet fallen in that powerful way, giving you power and gifts. So they sent Peter and John down. And then they laid hands on them. 
and received the Holy Spirit. That's interesting. That with the laying on of hands and prayer, the Holy Spirit began to move in people's lives. We're going to have our elders and wives come up at this time. Come on up and stand in front. And other leaders that I asked to be here up front today, come on up and stand. And you can face forward. You just face me, face stage. We're going to worship for a minute. You face this way. You face me. I'm going to have you turn around in a, in a little bit, and they're going to be available to pray. Just come all the way across. All of our elders and elders' wives and any other people I asked to come up this morning, just all the way across the front. You'll just face forward. We're going to worship. Just stretch all the way across if we can. And um, Zach, lead us, and we're going to worship. And in a minute, I'm going to allow all of these leaders to turn. And um, we're going to have a time to start this week of them just laying hands on you and praying for you. Every one of you and praying for the Holy Spirit to, to move in your life. I guess, I guess I say every one of you, if you desire that. Well, well that, that, makes me, that makes me really nervous. Well, I guess, it, I guess it could make you feel uncomfortable. But how bad do you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life? I guess if you sense that the Holy Spirit is just moving in a full, beautiful, powerful way, then you can just pray for others as they come up. But I think God just wants our leaders to be able to pray over every one of us. You can ask for prayer. You might come up and say that, you know what, I sense this is a saving morning for me. Or it might be a morning of repentance. You could come up and the women, you can come to a woman. A man, you can come to men. And you could just say, you know what, God's just working repentance in my heart. I want to repent this morning. I want to turn from sin and I just want to confess sin. And they'll just pray over you and... Or you can just ask them, would you just lay hands on me and pray for me as the Holy Spirit shows you? They'll, you can tell them your name. And I know it's a big subject to open up, the subject of tongues. Some of you might not understand that. I think over time going to this church, you will understand it. I was at a church once in my life, and I'm so thankful that they had a call like this. And I went forward and a man laid hands on me and I prayed in tongues. That had never happened to me. And when you pray in tongues, the Bible says your spirit prays. We pray both understanding what we pray, but then there's a gift where your spirit can pray. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and I don't know all that God has in store for us. Let's all stand up and we'll just stay facing this way. In a minute, when I have all of you guys turn around, I'm going to have you spread out kind of wall to wall. You just, just spread out just a little, you know, kind of not a whole hand's distance, but just a half, just a little space so the people coming to you, you can pray for them. But Lord, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in power. Pray that with me. Lord, we ask that you'd pour out your Holy Spirit on our church. We ask that, Lord, today on day one, you'd move powerfully in our lives. Lord, may, for some, maybe in the most powerful way you've ever moved, Lord, would you move? Would you give gifts to those that don't know what their gift is? Would you give greater gifts to those who ha have a gift? 
or the same gift and even a greater measure or new gifts. Lord, would you move in power that we can be the witnesses you want us to be. Zach, lead us, and we're just going to sing. And then in a minute, I'm going to invite you to come.